Okay, let's go to Ace Hay on page 117. Um, as we discussed briefly yesterday, um, the way to counter this uh, traction to Klippa, which is lower than Seichel, uh, lower than logic, lower, it's less than being rational. So the way to counter that is by Shtustiktusha, by going after the Ebishter in a way that's beyond rational. Um, this idea actually is in this week's Torah portion. Yisrael comes to the Jewish people because of what? Why does he travel to travel to Jerusalem? Why does he travel out to the desert? Well, there was just Matan Torah. You want to see what's going on? Well, Rashi says he heard about the war with Amalek. Oh. So when you realize there's an Amalek in you, there's something in you which is making you cold to Kedusha, and making you do the wrong. So, so you may think the answer is, I'll just learn another chapter of Tanya. I'll just learn another Maimer. I'll just heat myself up a little bit more in, in Yiddishkeit. So the Torah says that Yisrael saw the war of Amalek, he made a very dramatic move. He traveled out into the desert, and he went to Jewish people, which tells us that in order to counter Amalek, it's not enough just to like, okay, you'll add something to your Yiddishkeit, you'll add something more. In order to counter Amalek, you have to, you have to set your whole trajectory to be being devoted to Hashem beyond logic and reason. You have to travel out to the desert of God, this mountain of God, to be to be, be with Hashem. Which spiritually that means that you, you must realize that that uh, there's, there's either you're in it or you're not in it. So that 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 that's to you, you you sell you, you devote yourself to Hashem beyond logic and reason. You travel out to the mountain of God. When do you realize you have to do that? When you see there's a war with a Moloch inside of you, which uh, the war with a Moloch inside of us is um, in every person at every level. I remember when the name of the tzaddik, there was a tzaddik, someone came to him and said, uh, I have a problem, I'm not doing anything with truth. And even this, I'm complaining with an emiss. And even this, I'm complaining to you, it's not with an emiss, it's also not with an emiss. And even this, I'm telling you this, that, that, I, that I realize it's not with an emiss, even this, my, my realization is also not with an emiss. And even my realization, my realization is going on and on, and as, he, and he, as he's going into it, he, start, he faints. I don't know if this is true or not, but one version of the story I heard is that Tzaiq says after he faints, that also wasn't us. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the point is, is that a Amalek is what pr- it attacks a Jew when he tries to go out of Mitzrayim. When God of Mitzrayim means you're going beyond your limitations. When you want to go beyond your limitations, Amalek comes and he, and, he, and he says, you can't go to the next level. You know, it's he, by, by him asking the, the questions of Amalek, who says Hashem means you? Who says Hashem wants this? Who, 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 says, who says Hashem means today? By him making that those questions real to you and making you cold, that that prevents you from going to the next level. So the way to counter it is not with another Maimer, not with another Sikha, not with another chapter in Tanya. It's with the whole. It's, I need to travel to the desert of God. I need to go to the mountain of God. I need to go. It needs to be a dramatic move to counter Amalek. What's a dramatic move? You're going to set your, You're going to devote yourself up. Devote yourself to Hashem beyond logical reason. That's that's what we're going to learn next for chapter. Yeah, I know that even more. He's deep in the deepest idolatry. He's he's touched every idolatry. I, I don't know if the answer this answers your question or not. But there's another reason why Shtusikdusha is necessary, which perhaps only Yisrael knew better than anybody else. Another reason we, I mentioned yesterday why Shtusikdusha is necessary is not just it's not just because of the attraction the clip that each of us has. Rather, it's because uh, Hashem is beyond logic and reason. 
So it's not it's not you need to have Shusikdusha because you have Shusiklipa. It's more than that. The Abishta period is beyond logic and reason. So to get to the Abisha, we'll see, you need to go also beyond logic and reason. So uh-huh. it's so it's so it's not because of just counting the negative, it's also because of who you're trying to get to. The Abish is beyond logic and reason. So Chassidus interprets the passage in the Talmud where the Talmud says Yisrael knew every idolatry in the world and he left it to the joint Jewish people. If I remember correctly, Chassidus translates this as Yisrael knew also not just idolatries, he also knew the different various levels of the whole spiritual cosmos and which which compared to the, the real truth of God's essence are also like like uh, you could say um, in an Edel Eif in a more refined way something that could lead you to to uh, giving credit to something other than Hashem, to to uh, ascribing power to something other than God, so he knew all those things, and therefore Adarabba, since he knew all of different various levels of the whole spiritual cosmos, therefore he knew there's, there's, there's all, the, the, he has to uh, travel to Jewish people. He has to go. To, yeah, it's all about my It's all not real. Okay, let's go inside. There is a attraction which is lower than logic which is called klippa called the shtus, the foolish shtus of klippa in the same way there's also an attraction to the abishra which is beyond logic and reason and this is called the foolishness the madness of holiness what does this mean it was said about this tzaddik name that he would take uh, a, a myrtle branch mm-hmm. and he would dance, he would juggle the myrtle branches in front of the Chosen Kala. The Gemara says that Rabbi Shmuel explains exactly what, what would he do with this myrtle branch. He would have three myrtle branches and he would juggle them. Rabbi Zayda said, you are embarrassing us, Zayda. You are denigrating. Oops, how do you say the word again? Deprecating. You are denigrating. It's a word. Okay. You are disgracing the honor of the Tamil Chachamim by your frivolous behavior. When he passed away, a pillar of fire was separating his coffin and everyone who had come to his funeral. And yeah, and the Gemara says that this only happened to one person in a generation. So now, in retrospect, seeing the, the, that the Avishter really, uh, really appreciated what this guy was doing, seeing that he got this unique honor of Hashem, this fire of God coming to his funeral, now the same Reb Zera turns around and says the following: Amar Reb Zera, Ahanele Shutel Asava, Ahanele Shutel Hadashayim Rakavei. Abzera says the reason why he had this is because of his shait. The shait means because of his myrtle branch. It was a myrtle branch. The thing that I was saying he shouldn't have been doing, that's what helped him. Um, others interpret the words of Abzera. They say Abzera didn't say the word shait, they said the word his idiocy, his craziness. That's what helped him. That's what gave him this special appreciation in heaven. Another a version of Zerah's statement was his custom, his minog, his path is what got him there. I'm not sure exactly what the argument is between these three opinions. It could be that the first opinion was saying 
It's not just his attachment to to to, to of logic and reason. It was specifically this particular thing that I was saying was wrong. That was what got him there. And the second opinion was saying that this is his whole attitude to life. His it wasn't just this particular thing. It was everything that he did. He always served Hashem beyond logic and reason. Um, the third opinion perhaps is, is saying that it wasn't just that he had sometimes Shustiktusha that got him there. It was the fact that he kept Shustiktusha as always. The second opinion is the fact that he had Shustiktusha in general. It wasn't just the Shustiktusha he had by the weddings. It was Shustiktusha that he had Bachlal. He used to exhibit this behavior many times. And the third opinion perhaps is saying it wasn't just that he had Shustiktusha um, on occasion. It was that this was his whole path in serving Hashem. So, so we see from any way you're going to slice Abzera's words, Abzera did an about face, and he says, you know what, this, this guy really knew what he was doing. This is really the way to serve Hashem, to go beyond logical reason. That's, that's the way to do it. Huh? Who is Professor Rabbi? It's a bar life. It's a that everyone goes to to make seven circles around them, I say, Anav and... The school of Rabbi Nasser. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. The Shtuzul This this foolishness, this madness, is actually higher than logic. His dancing with the myrtle branches is beyond logic. the This is a lofty and wondrous level. The ish when a man and a woman have merit, they, they have the Shechina rest among them. The Ishu Esh Yud, the Ishu Esh Hey. The word man is made up of two parts, the fire of Yud. And the word in Hebrew for woman is made up also of two parts, the fire of Hey. And when they merit, so their, their marriage is blessed with Yud K, the Yud of the man and the Hey of the wife unite, and they're the Shechina there. And not just that the Shechina is there, but you see the Shechina because it's an everlasting edifice. They, their marriage is blessed and they stay together forever. That's when the Shechina is there, when they have a merit. But the Gemara says, conversely, if you don't merit, so what do you have then? The Shechina leaves. And what do you have between them, husband and wife? Fire. Fire. Destruction. Destruction. So therefore we see that a marriage is a, is a time of a very lofty revelation. And therefore, Rabbi Dubai merited to have such wondrous revelations, this pillar of fire. The pillar of fire means there was a revelation of godliness. So, what's this mean? The second that brought to every relationship. Yudke, yeah, what? The second one that gets added to every relationship when done properly. That followed him on the way to the giver. Um, to explain this, why is madness the thing? says, "No thought can grasp you at all." Hashem is beyond the parameters of logic. Every kind of paradigm, even the highest, is still in the realm of understanding. But that which is beyond the realm of understanding is something which understanding cannot reach at all. If something is beyond the realm of understanding, that means that you're not even getting any closer with your mind. 
as the author writes in chapter 18, the author explains over there in chapter 18 the uh, passage in the Talmud where the Meish Rabbeinu was called the fool that believes everything. David Amalek says, I am like a fool when I am with you. I am like an animal when I am with you. Well, what does he mean by saying he's like an animal? So compared to Hashem, says the Alter Rebbe, who is beyond logic and, under, and knowledge, no thought can grasp him at all, everyone's like a fool compared to Hashem. So when David Amalek said, I am like a fool, like, I'm like an animal when I am with you, this, on the surface, it sounds like this. Sounds like, despite the fact that, I can, that I'm an animal, despite the fact that I'm a fool, I'm still with you. But the Alter says the opposite. It's because he's a fool, because he has lo- no seichel. That's what attaches him to Hashem. How, what does that mean? Your lack of seichel attaches you to Hashem. Yes. In order to reach God's essence, it's by putting your will aside beyond logic and reason. By going beyond your logical reason to do what Hashem wants, not just to do it, but to, to feel that way. Of course, the goal is that we should actually do mitzvahs. The whole reason why souls in this world is to, is, is to change things in this world by doing mitzvahs. But there is also the, um, the guy that's doing the mitzvahs. A friend of mine told me when he, uh, he was called up for the reserves in Israel, so um, he came to the reserves, so uh, originally, when you start, when you sign up for the army, you know you you you're your own man. You're doing your own thing. And then you sign up for the reserves, you, and and he said suddenly when he came back, when he put on the army uniform, he it suddenly made sense to him how this 20 year old sergeant can bark orders at him, and he has to right away listen to him. Why is it, he's 20 years older than this than this little sergeant? Why is he listening to this little little boy could be his son? So he's listening to him because when you put on the uniform, you suddenly feel the sense of like. Who you belong to, you feel like you're, you're, you are a soldier. All sort of came back to him. So that's that's the idea of I am like an animal. I'm like a fool. When you realize who you're working for, and you realize they're working for the Abishter, so then you have to say that to put your in order to reach Hashem, you have to put your logic aside. To reach the Abishter, to put your your logic and your desires aside, and devote yourself to Hashem beyond logic and reason. Because Abish is beyond logic, he's he's higher than logic. So to reach Hashem, you have to put your logic aside. That's why this level is called foolishness. This is also why we find in Tanakh that a prophet is called Meshuggah. As a Pasuk says concerning a prophet, why is this Meshuggah coming here? So why is a prophet called Meshuggah? A prophet is exhibiting the the highest known power to man, he is mamish communicating with the divine. Why would we call him crazy? When a prophet gave gave prophecy, he had to have what's called hafshatas agashmis. Hafshatas literally means to remove all uh, vestige of, of physicality. The, the Friedrich Rebbe said, for example, about the famous Geri Rebbe, um, uh, no, not Rebbe, the, 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 the Baron of Bells, that when he was in World War II in the concentration camp, he's he basically like cared so little about the physical. He experienced this. He had if shot the physical world didn't, didn't mean anything to him. That that's the level he reaches. That's the level of prophet reaches. That doesn't just mean that you don't care about the physical. It means more. It means that you're divesting yourself from the way you think and feel 
to be nullified to Hashem beyond logic and reason. That's a prophet. A prophet has to, in order to experience prophecy, he has to be in this state of total devotion to Hashem, letting go of his thoughts and feelings. That's also why when a prophecy gave prophecy, when a prophet gave prophecy, he had to take off his clothing. It says about King Saul, he took off his clothing and he gave prophecy. Why did he take off his clothing? Why clothing? Why to remove your clothing and give prophecy? Where did clothing come from? Clothing come. Clothing are necessary because of the sin of the tree of, of, the tree of knowledge. Before the sin of the tree of knowledge, it says they were naked and they were not embarrassed. They had no sense of self and no sense of the physical for them to be embarrassed. But through the sin of the tree of knowledge, there became this concept of a sense of self, and that's why they needed to have clothing. So clothing is associated with, with a sense of self. It says a similar thing about Avram Avinu. My great-great-grandfather, Avram Zalmesha, used to pray for many hours every day and study for many hours every day. And so I guess just his presence in the shul was something. So he once called over these boys and said to them, let me show you something. And he showed them this passage in a mimer where it says in Sabachvav that Avram Avinu took Yitzchak to the, to the Akedah and he put him above the wood. He put him on top of the wood. So the Rebbe Hashab says over there, what is, what's the meaning of on top of the wood? On top of the tree of knowledge, Meaning that although the Talmud says that, that there are some people that only died because of the sin of the tree of knowledge, they were tainted by that sin. Every human being is tainted by that sin to some extent. So despite the fact that Bava ben Buta and Yisha and Amram never did any sins, but, but still the tree of knowledge affected them somewhat, and therefore they had to die in order, to, in order for the evil that got mixed into their bodies through the sin of the tree of knowledge, um, they had to die in order to get rid of that evil. So, but in that action of bringing Yitzchak on the Akedah, Avram and Yitzchak reached a level beyond the tree of wood, beyond beyond the wood, beyond the uh, the sin of the tree of uh, tree of life, tree of knowledge. So in a similar way, a prophet, when a prophet gives prophecy, what is he doing? He is reaching a level beyond the tree of knowledge. He is coming in contact with his purest, most childish self, the a level which is higher, a a, a time which is before the sin of the tree of knowledge. He is now entering. Ganetan in a way. He's going now back to that state where there is no sin, where there is no sense of self. You don't need clothing at that state. That's why the prophet takes off clothing. Why do you need clothing? You need clothing because of the sense of self. But without the sense of self, you don't need clothing. Um, the prophet taking off his clothing means divesting himself from his thoughts, from his intellect, divesting himself from his emotions. To be in a state of total devotion to Hashem, of him himself. As Rambam writes, that one of the fundamentals of Yiddishkeit is to know that God gives prophecy to people. And Rambam says, who does prophecy rest upon? Someone who is wise, someone who is strong, who overcomes his evil inclination. And his Yitzhahara never overcomes him no matter what. So this person who is, in, who is in the state of total devotion to Hashem, where the Yitzhahara has no, has no um, way of reaching him, he is ready for prophecy. So therefore, of course, he's, he, he doesn't need clothing. Clothing is something that, that, that happened because of the sin of the tree of knowledge. He doesn't, he doesn't listen to his intellect, doesn't listen to his emotions. He is in a state of devotion to Hashem. That's why this level is called foolishness. He is going beyond logic and reason. 
Since the Mishkan was built from, since the point of the Mishkan was to transform darkness to light, the point of the Mishkan was to transform the foolishness of Klippa to foolishness of Dusha. That's why one of the ingredients, the prime ingredient perhaps, of building this tabernacle was Shittim wood. Why Shittim wood? Because the whole point of the Mishkan was to transform that which is lower than logic, the Shtus. Shittim comes from the word foolishness. To transform that, to, that which is lower than logic to, which, to that which is higher than logic. There is a perspective that the world gives us that's lower than logic. And to transform that instead to be in a state of higher than logic. Here the Rebbe is going to give specific examples which people do, which the world thinks is normal, which is not really normal. It's lower than logic. And yet, this is the way people do things. So we have to cultivate a similar uh, perspective when it comes to our Yiddishkeit. The perspective the world has about worldly things, which is wrong, which is lower than logic, we have to cultivate that exact perspective in regards to Yiddishkeit. There are some things that people do because that's what everyone else does. That's what the world does. These are things that people do. It's as if there's a rule. You have to do this because this is what the world does. There are many things which are considered polite and normal. This is what everyone does. You have to take this perspective, which is lower than logic, and you have to cultivate a perspective and you have to, you have to transform this attraction to the world. And this, this, you have to change around this, uh, this, this devotion to worldly things to be a devotion to Hashem beyond logic and reason. Kumai, for example, the times for meal time, the times for sleeping. The way the world feels, they have a set time. That's when it's supposed to be. Even if you do business, but still, time to eat, time to sleep. And despite the fact that it's time to eat, time to, despite the fact that it's time to do, um, despite the fact that there may be, may be many reasons why you shouldn't eat and why you shouldn't sleep, but those things are usually not forgone. It's it's uh, someone's calling you late at night. They have to have a reason, even though it's maybe they're calling you for business, but uh, it's still not accepted to make phone calls at that time of night. You, you don't you don't make phone calls then. You don't. You have your time for sleeping, and that's the. It's not a time for business. Okay. Well, they could argue. You know, they are. They are what they're ever refers to in the next sentence. The times you said for Torah and davening. We look at those times that they could easily be pushed off, and they're not set. Could be that instead of your time for learning being pushed off to be later? Happened that that time is completely pushed aside, and you don't learn that all that day. So, the time for eating and time for sleeping that you can't give up, but the time for learning that could be forgotten completely. If a person makes a calculation to himself, is this wise? Does this make any sense? Who is the one who knows their time? 
the Kriyasa in the Shabbat, you know, the Shalt was man he told the Kinoisha Asachajunesa, basically, no one can go to the angel of death when their time comes and say, oh, um, just wait a second. I just need to uh, fin- finish off my calculations over here. I need to tell my family some things. You can't do that. The Rebbe actually said that we shouldn't only think about the angel of death and, uh, and frighten ourselves and uh, be-, be bewildered about the thought the angel of death might be coming any second. You could also think about the positive. Mashiach is coming any second. So, so, so you, don't, you don't know the time. You wanted to accomplish something. How can you devote your soul to something which, is your, to, to, which has no substance whatsoever? You, you don't know when your time is. So how can you give your soul towards something which has no meaning? And the whole reason your Shama is here, you forget completely. This is because of the Ruch of foolishness, the spirit of foolishness that covers the truth. So the Rebbe says, you have to serve Hashem in this way. Transform this foolishness of the world and protect your soul and set a set time to study Torah. Announce it. Tell it everybody over there. Someone's car's been towed. Scream out over there. When you do this, when you transform your attraction and your behavior, which is less than logical, to becoming more than logical, and you set a time for Torah, which is like a business deal, something which you really care about, it cannot be your time for Torah study cannot be moved. What happens then? Then, then God says, "I will dwell within you." that God's light will shine in your neshama. This is the meaning of, the, of this passage in the Zohar. That when you subdue the evil in yourself, you subdue the foolishness of your animal soul, you subdue the excitement of the world, and you transform that to Kedusha, in your performance of Torah Mitzvahs, what happens then when you subdue the, the foolishness of the animal soul and subdue the enthusiasm that, that the, uh, for the world, what happens then is you cause the glory of Hashem to be revealed in all the worlds. You cause revelation of the infant light of Hashem. This is like taking your Yiddish guide seriously. You have a time to study Torah and it matters something to you. That, 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 that's what's your your Yiddishkeit matters. Your time for davening matters. Just like a business deal matters. That's that's how much your Yiddishkeit matters. In the, in the same way. That seems like organized. That seems like shtus. The fact that it's stopping in the middle. The shtus is well. That's also shtus. You're right. Stealing never speaks of stealing for time of of, of business. But here in general, the Shrikam is saying the fact that the things that you do become as important to you as your, as your as your as your gashmas to give it. Back to it becomes as meaningful to you as as those worldly things.